I'll tell you, this is... Uh, I, I Somehow I feel like things are falling back into normal cadence. Here it is, mid-July. It's hot. And uh, there's, a, there's a feeling about the city, you know, like it's a gigantic cake of yeast. I, I dig New York in midsummer. What do you do? You can park your car. And, uh, well, that is unless it gets towed away. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, the usual New York fetching. It's New York. It's the summertime. Dangerous time of the year, I tell you. Did you hear about the guy the other day in San Francisco? It's, it's the nutty time, you know, it's a... What makes it so great this summer? I mean, it's stuff like this doesn't happen. Here, here's a note here from San Francisco. Stuff like this doesn't happen in the winter. Egon J. Fever, which for starters is pretty good right there, you know. Egon J. Fever. I guess he only exists on hot days in the summer. He doesn't... <laughs> with a name like that, you know. Egon J. Fever took his brand-new sledgehammer and smashed out 19 huge plate glass windows in a downtown bank in San Francisco, one after the other. Just walked around and bopped in windows. And, quote, it was either this or I'm going to get a rifle and go up on top of the roof and shoot at people's. Fever, 29, told arresting officers a cheering crowd gathered to watch Fever, shattering the 15-foot windows worth $1,700 each. As Fever was poised to smash window number 20, Patrolman Vincent Hurley ran up, shotgun in hand, and ordered him to halt. The crowd booed. <laughs> summer, you see. It's summer. Yeah, I'm going to warn you, you've got to be careful of summertime because more fantastic mistakes have been made in the summer that have affected man's life forever than any other single time of the year. That's right. In, in all kinds of ways. I wonder how many guys, right this minute, this instant, on this hot July night, are preparing to do something that could affect them for, well, the rest of their life. Just about this time of the night, you're hurtling through the darkness on Route 3, the heat. You know those heat waves rising off the Reynolds Wrap hood of your Pontiac? You go past the uh, Tick-Tock Diner, Route 46. There's this chick sitting next to you. God knows what's going to happen tonight. You know, little Thunderbird Chianti. What's the price? 30 twice. Yeah. What's the game? Yeah, well, the game is what you're going to make it. Heat, the heat will do it to you every time. You know, in fact, uh, there's some evidence to prove that some of the worst decisions in history have been made in hot weather just because of the passions that flow rich and deep during this time of the year and do not flow at any other time of the year. Hitler, for example, decided to attack England with his Luftwaffe in July. Well, we know what happened to that one. Terrible decision. He decided to attack Russia, you know, in the middle of July, too. Sitting there, you know, with the guys down at the beer hall, down at the brow house. Everything seemed possible. Everything seemed possible. And some of the great moments of my life have occurred in hot weather, just like this. 
feel the beating pulse of fugitive angers, the faint wisp of salty, acrid passions, hot, the heat of the city, very different from the heat of the country, you'll concede, Larry, that'd be different. And almost anything is capable to a guy living in a room and a half temperature all through the summer, 115 degrees. I'm going to tell you about the time I was living in this hotel in Toledo one summer. And uh, I got it, uh, this room, $2 and a half cheaper than any other room on the floor because there was no air conditioning. So I'll give it to you cheaper for two, two bucks and a half less. Due to the fact there's no air conditioning, little did I realize at the time that I signed up for that what hell I was buying for two dollars and a half. Although two dollars and a half was crucial at the time, since I was I was so tight, I was squeaking so hard that summer with that rotten, stinking, miserable job that I had. I was going to school at the time. I got this really lousy job through an ad. You ever got a job through an ad? Did you? Tell you. Every time I go down the subway and I see that big sign says I got my job through the New York Times, I'm like, <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> I laugh. Because I remember that summer, that stinking hot summer on the shores of Lake Erie. And I had uh, made the classic mistake of going for the short buck. I said, okay, I'll take the room. I'm laying in this room one night, my hot room in Toledo. In fact, it, it was so hot, temperature averaged, I'd say, 115 in the room. And I did not realize at the time that one of the other reasons why I got this room for $2 and a half cheaper was because this room was over the hot water boiler, which uh, provides, right, it was, it was on the second floor. See, now, it was way in the back of the hotel there, and uh, I got the room for two dollars and a half cheaper and it seemed kind of nice in the early part of june but by the middle of july every night when i would enter that room i remember i would open the door see have you ever opened the door to an oven set on medium broil and uh, it's been you know it's been warming up for you know a half an hour and you're going to put a steak in it or something and i just opened up it was amazing that room was hot but when every, everything else in town was cold and it was the reverse when it was cold out and uh, you know, so I would open, I would open this door, and I just feel the heat just roll out, just one great, turgid roll. And I'd hold the door open, see, and let the heat roll out down the hall like a great big ball of some kind of fuzzy, soft, viscous material it would just roll out. Have you ever seen heat in a room so, so, so palpably real that you could see faint fur growing on it? You could run up against it and bounce against it, and it's rebound, sort of a squishy, soft feel. And the heat would roll out. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> and I used to lie there. My this 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 bed, interesting. They had a mattress that was stuffed with old Toledo Blade editorial pages. Interesting mattress. Mattress. It had, I thought, you know, rolling around. It had like doorknobs in it and stuff. It's funny, but it get it got you in shape. You know, it was, it was great. Kept your kept your mind moving, always roving, laying in the sack there late at night in Toledo and smelling Lake Erie. I don't know, you, you've all smelled Jersey, haven't you, when the wind is right? 
that great human compost heap across the river there. I don't think it's any particular thing you smell when you smell Jersey. You just smell the combined passions of it all. Jersey's a very passionate state. Hoboken, you ever been in Hoboken? My God, 374 bars and one 17-foot stretch of street. And all of them roaring at once, going constantly. You smell it. Just smell the human life. The, the, it's vita, vita, life, vita. It's the Latin. The life force roaring out across the river here. And I'm laying in the sack there in Toledo. And I'm smelling Lake Erie, which incidentally is much more fragrant. You'd be surprised, much more fragrant than Jersey. Heavy, rich fragrance. Millions of dead and decaying bullheads. God knows what else is in the lake there. Fitful breeze blowing along Huron Street. Temperature 105, and I have come back to my room with a sack of White Castle hamburgers. Well, a sack, it's kind of exaggerating a little bit, because after all, it was, uh, it was the day after payday, so I was broke, naturally. And I had uh, maybe two hamburgers in a sack and a glass of tepid orange drink. Have you ever sat in a hotel room in a town you don't know <laughs> and stared out of a grimy window at the rooftops of existence and drank White Castle orange drink? Eating White Castle hamburgers. I lay on a the sack there. Heat is growing richer and riper. And I hear people talking in the next room. Some night when radio's really grown up. And people are truly, truly adult. I will tell you some of the great fugitive conversations I've heard through cheap hotel rooms of my time. Recorded through, you know, for all existence. Yes, this is WOR New York, an RKO general station. So you know who to get mad at. He walks the high irons, 50 stories above the teeming city streets, and all his steps are very serious. The wind whistles and screams, and on a clear day there are no shadows. He lives his life to the fullest because the high iron makes no friends. So when that whistle blows and his time's his own, he knows he's paid the full price for his freedom. And now's the moment to appreciate it. With a cold glass of beer. If you got the time, we got the beer. Miller beer. Miller tastes too good to hurry through. When you've got the time to appreciate the difference between a good beer and a great beer, that's what Miller time is all about. Miller Highlight. America's quality beer since 1855. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Miller Brewing Company of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Hey, uh, what do you got for lunch today, Bill? Ham sandwich. What do you got? Meatloaf. Wave of fried chicken is delicious! Fred again, what's with him anyway? Wave of fried chicken is 
Yeah, Fred does that every time his wife puts Weaver fried chicken in his lunch. Today, he must have batter dipped. He had Dutch fry the last time. What's the difference? Weaver fried chicken is crispy! Uh, Weaver Dutch fry has a really crispy, crunchy breading, and Weaver batter dipped is coated with a sweet pancake-type batter. My wife says it's easy to fix! Hey, Hank, yeah. While Fred's running around yelling, let's go see if there's any Weaver chicken left in his lunch bag. Hey, good idea. Look, two pieces. Let's try it. Hey, Weaver, fried chicken is delicious! It's crispy! It's juicy! Fred's wife says it's easy to fix! Weaver, so great you'll have to tell someone. Someday you'll own. Someday you'll own. Someday you'll own. It's inevitable, friends. Sooner or later, you'll own generals. Right up to. Yeah, you might as well give in. You can't fight the inevitable friends. So whether you drive a sports car, sedan, an Irish male, a bicycle, compact, or limousine, General Tire has the tires you need at prices you can afford. Even old you, steel-belted radial tires. Oh, they ever beautiful. Wide, raised, white-letter tires. You have all kinds of wild stuff saying all over them. General's exacting standards. In the Bronx, you can see Murray Lester at 579 Grand Concourse, the Bronx General Tire. Yeah, your own general. Yeah, yeah. Sooner or later, you'll own generals. Oh, you want to hear what happened in the hotel room, don't you, in Toledo? Well, I did have a fantastic experience in that hotel room. Um, uh, every time it gets hot like this, I think about that because... Uh, Especially when I smell, you know, during the summertime, sometimes there's a very soft, uh, just a puff of furnace-like wind breeze, and you smell the faint edge of, of uh, all kinds of things, and it's hard to pinpoint those smells you get in the summertime, because they are the smell of life itself, the force of existence. You know, I really do think that there's two kinds of people in that, in that uh, very primal, very primitive level. There are people who just taste life all the time. They know they're alive. And they dig the aliveness of being alive, you know? And then there's the others who just have no consciousness, really, of being alive. They have consciousness of doing things. You know, doing, getting a, getting a camper, God, uh, you know, I'll tell you, this camper thing is getting to be an epidemic. If I, you know, uh, every time I get a camper ahead of me when I'm driving along, I want to sneak up and pull the plug on their plumbing. You know, <laughs> I don't know what it is about campers. I just, <laughs> they, 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 there's something about campers that's just, just moving around ahead of me, just, it's, uh, just to see them that, uh, that bug me. What is it? Why do I get angry? Why do campers make me mad? Yeah. I'm, you know, just, 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 just personal. Maybe it stems from, you know, each of us live very private lives. There's no way for you to know anything about my life any more than there is any way for me to know anything about yours. And you can live with a person for 500 years and still have a totally private life and do. Now, what's going on in that raging inferno in your mind? Those constantly shifting, vague, hazy codachromes of of half-seen insights. Nothing to do with anybody else but you. 
So I'm laying in my sack one night in Toledo in the middle of July, just like this. The temperature's 115 degrees outside, which meant inside it was not measured, measurable by ordinary non-scientific instruments. And I can hear the boiler down below the floor gurgling and bubbling. See, I know what it's like to live in close proximity to hell. I mean, really hell. I tell you, I spent one summer working in, in, uh, in the 40-inch soaking pit in the steel mill where the temperatures that we've had the last couple of days here in the eastern seaboard were a brisk, spanking December breeze. I'm serious about it. Have you noticed, uh, have you noticed on this side of my face, notice carefully, Larry, that the, I've had a very a permanent, vague suntan? You have noticed that about me? I'm different. One, one side of me is different color than the other side. That was that's from that summer in the forty-inch soaking pits. And I used to I used to mainline salt tablets. We'd 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 stand around the uh, water cooler and just pop salt tablets. You know, like four or five kids over in the South Bronx popping their pills. You know, just standing there popping those salt tablets. And uh, you know, you, you eat enough salt tablets, you stand in enough heat, and you drink enough water. And it, it forms a, a like a almost like a like an ancient swamp down in your gut, and then you you uh, you have uh, your lunch, you know, after about maybe a half a pound of salt tablets and about seventeen gallons of uh, this special salt iodide water that they give you in steel mills. You know, there's special water they drink in there. It tastes like what it tastes like is uh, de- it tastes like gelded listerine. Yeah, you imagine then it's a strange taste. Guys used to gargle with it once in a while. It's good for thinning paint and stuff. And guys that would, would drink this water, see, out of desperation, you had to drink something, see. And then uh, you'd, you'd, you'd eat your lunch, generally consisting of two giant salami sandwiches and uh, radishes. I brought radishes all the time. I used to... I didn't eat the radishes. I just threw them at people. And I, I'd... Uh, I'm a great radish thrower. And uh, I'm the only guy you know who can throw a slider with a radish. They get that they get that radish moving, man. And uh, prepare a knuckler. You don't use your knuckle, you know, you throw a knuckler. You use the tips of your fingers. And uh But they, you know, these are all technical hits which have had no no importance to the story. And and uh, after about uh, fifteen minutes after you've downed your salami sandwiches and your radishes and your four gallons of steel mill water and about a half a dozen, maybe forty or fifty salt tablets, you can produce the most window-rattling, fantastic burp you ever heard in your life. It's a soul-primal burp. It's the animal crying out for another animal. Blah, you know? It's like the Arabs. You know, the Arabs believe in this. I mean, I, 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 have, I have, you know, real affinity for Arabs. I spent one night in a Bedouin tent outside of Beersheba. Did you know that? Oh, God, what I've done in my life when I think about it. And uh, we're sitting there eating sheep's eyes. And uh, and uh, curdled camel's milk. Yeah, it's actually what we're eating in the, in the desert there. And, and uh, I drew on my experience in the steel mills. After after we finished the meal, you know, you're supposed to. It says uh, the etiquette books call for a hearty belch. It says a hearty belch is the sign to your Arab host that you've enjoyed the meal. Well, he did not know that uh, the Americano swine was capable of such talent. I blew the top of that tent right off. He did not know that uh, he was dealing with an ex-steel worker who knew about that stuff. You know, just We used to have belching contests on the tin mill. 
you know, and, and uh, who could be heard the furthest. And you know how, how we could tell? Guys would let one go, say, and you'd, you know, <laughs> tremendous one. And you'd see heads rising up from various workbenches down there. People would look. And, and uh, if you could get a guy to look up all the way down at the other end of the mill, you, you know, you, you didn't have to pay for the chocolate milk that day when the milkman came around. <laughs> but it's all summer. Oh, you want to know what happened at the Toledo Hotel Room, right? You thought I was losing out on that. Well, before we do that, we'll add another little goodie on you. Sardi's Restaurant would like to introduce you to their special Club Sardi Dinner, six ninety-five plus tax, served nightly from 4.30 p.m. to midnight except Sunday. Club Sardi's has tempting entrees, including their famous cannelloni and delicious supreme of chicken sardi. Start with a choice of appetizer, end with a selection of Sardi's desserts. Reservations are suggested. Please mention Club Sardi when calling. The number is 524-0707. That's Sardi's at 234 West 44th Street. The world's most popular musical is now in its fourth record-breaking year at the Promenade Theater, 76th Street and Broadway. Time magazine called Godspell a theatrical miracle, and audiences all over the world have thrilled to its music. One long, sweet cry of joy, says John Simon of New York Magazine. Don't miss Godspell. And if you've seen it, it's even better the second time around. Godspell at the Promenade Theater, 76th Street and Broadway. Will Senator Edward Kennedy ever get to be president? If he does, or if he doesn't, women voters will be the key. In this month's journal, writer Barbara Hauer gives a woman's eye view of Ted Kennedy. Frank blunt, revealing. She calls him the Marilyn Monroe of politics. What do Julie Eisenhower and Linda Robb have in common besides being daughters of presidents? We feature an exclusive dialogue between these two young women that's of interest to every parent. And there's a unique... You're listening to Ladies' Home Journal editor Lenore Hershey talking about the current issue. And actress Marlo Thomas models new sweaters you can make, part of a money-saving fall fashion special. And there's a rare visit with the disillusioned Neil Armstrong, first man to walk on the moon. The pictures, incidentally, were taken by Gina Lola Bridget. Also in the journal, a noted psychiatrist talks good sense about raising children and a diet that worked for almost 400,000 women. All in the new Ladies' Home Journal, The Priceless Environment, on newsstands now. In the current issue of TV Guide magazine... A conversation with actress Betty White. If you were casting an actress to play the other woman, Miss White would seem the least likely candidate. But the producers of the Mary Tyler Moore show made her their first choice, and they are not sorry. In the same issue, a conversation with Mac Davis about his summer replacement series, country music in general, and his music in particular. This week, TV Guide's cover story looks at the movies that keep people from going out to the movies as it talks to the movers and shakers of the made-for-TV film industry. The one-time stepchild of the theater movies has blossomed into big business. A report on how it happened and what it means to you this week in TV Guide. 
America's biggest selling weekly magazine. TV Guide, on sale everywhere. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, I, uh, you know, some experiences that you have in life you don't necessarily want to share with others. Now, I'll tell you, though, that this, this night in the hotel room in Toledo, it's always to me is the epitome of, of hotness in summer. Uh, urban heat. And we're, we're, we're uh, you know, we're, we're definitely, uh, we're definitely very special. I mean, each, each uh, person uh, has lived his scene, and it makes them a specific thing. Now, like if, if you know, you're sitting around in this tent with the Bedouins. I, I'm not kidding, I did do that. And, uh, you know, there's no way you can be a Bedouin. No way. Now, let him go ahead and Bedouin all he wants. You know, he does his thing. Because uh, 14 million generations in the, ge in the desert have produced what he is. Yes. But 14 million generations of, of shepherds living in cheap hotels in Toledo have produced what I have. <laughs> Which makes me every bit as special as any Bedouin who ever lived. And I know the scene. I know the territory. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm perfectly at home in the White Castle. Yeah. I know just exactly how to squeeze that plastic tomato that has the ketchup in it, which would confuse the better one they I know just how much to put on my White Castle hamburger to give it that proper soup set of, of uh, elegant piquancy, you know. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm lying in a sack this night saying, it's hot, oh God, it's hot. And it's 110, maybe, and maybe at least 110. I'm not kidding, I'm not exaggerating. There's no state gets hotter than northern Ohio on the shore of Lake Erie with possibly Mojave Desert. And you can smell the dead fish out there and all the crud and detergent in Lake Erie. You hear the occasional distant muttering, muffled roar of a, of maybe a mugging going on somewhere down on Michigan Street. All, all the streets down there are named after lakes. There's Superior and Huron and Erie. And I'm on Huron Street in this cheap hotel. You ever lived in a cheap hotel for a whole summer? You get to know every sound. When all of a sudden I'm aware of something, I just feel a tension in the air. See, this is what makes you like a Bedouin. The Bedouin recognizes subtle signs which you are not aware of. Well, I recognize a subtle sign which uh, the Bedouin, had he been in the hotel room there, would not have known. Immediately I recognize something's up. I'm lying in the heat there, and I'm finishing the last, I was, I was nursing the last maybe quarter inch of my, uh, my tepid orange drink. By the way, I always associate lukewarm orange drink with very hot summer weather. You have the same... So I'm sucking away at the orange drink scene. And I... It was just at that minute it happened. Fantastic moment. I always remember this because of the heat and everything. The window of my room just crashed in. Just... <laughs> I jumped up. It was dark. It was, and remember, I'm on the second floor. It's dark, hot. And this window crashed in and I see a figure run through the room dressed in what looked like shining black armor 
He runs to the room, and another one comes through the window behind him. And then another one. And I'm just sitting in the bed watching him run by. And they're towing through the window of my room a fire hose. And they just, they don't even say anything. They just run right through, just right through the window and right past me. And all three of them roar past, and there's a hose now over my bed. And I can, I can, I can smell the smoke. A big pall of smoke comes roaring in down through the, the hall and into my room. I'm just sitting there. Well, now, of course, at that point, this is, this is when, the, when the real you comes out. Now, some people would leap up and scream and run around and hit their head against the wall, you know? You agree that there would be people who would do that. Then there's other people who uh, would just, uh, you know, pull the cork on their Jim Beam, take another swig, and turn over. I'm not one of those either. So I sit up in bed. I say to myself, well, the hotel's on fire. It's going to be tough on the cockroaches. Well, now at that time, I had many choices, um, but they were all just uh, separated by an infinite variety of, uh, of just tiny shadings. One choice remained paramount, get out, right? So I get up, and uh, I had no clothes with, uh, other that summer. I was, I was living very loose and light. I had, uh, I had uh, a dop kit, remember? I, I said, well, I ought to save my dop kit. So I go into the bathroom, and I'm greeted with a with a great roar of, of uh, smoke, and flames, and the John. <laughs> My John, have you ever been burned out? Have you ever been in a hotel that's burned up? So I says, well, I better close the bathroom. I ought to get my uh, toothbrush. So I reach through the smoke. I could see my toothbrush on a little shelf, which was above the rusty sink. That would it never really gave out water. It gave out small chunks of what looked like iodized Brillo pads. It would spit them out, you know. And I'd shave every morning with this stuff. And so I reach through the smoke and I take my toothbrush. Now I might uh, tell you that I, I was uh, sleeping in a pair of jockey shorts. That's it. Period. So I turn around. I go back in the room, and I uh, go to the closet. Well, the closet. Ridiculous. They had this. Uh, plywood uh, box that was nailed to the wall is what it was with a broomstick over you know with a hanging that you hang stuff on so i opened my plywood i says now is my chance it hit me that's the kind of sick mind i've got it just bothers me i says now's my chance to get rid of all this rotten clothing i never liked you know have you ever have you ever accumulated a lot of stuff you just basically hate so i said i'm just gonna leave all this junk here to hell with them so i i uh I look in the closet, I take out my white shirt, the only white shirt that I had left, and I just take this, you know, it was a sleeveless white shirt, I just take it and I just plop it on, and I put on a pair of denim shorts and my Japanese shower clocks. And then I pulled the final coup. I went out the window that the firemen came in, and I followed their hose. I figured if I followed the hose, I'd get to where, you know, where, where, where the pay dirt was. You know, there's an old woodsman thing that says, follow the, uh, follow a stream and you will arrive at a river. Have you ever lost? You've heard that, Jerry? Follow a, a stream and, and uh, it'll arrive at a river, and if you follow the river downstream, you'll eventually arrive at uh, probably Topeka, Kansas, if you follow it far enough. So uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> I did the same thing. If you ever caught in a fire, follow the hose. 
So I followed the fire hose, which went over the, which went over a, a an adjoining roof. And I'm, everybody else is screaming and hollering and hanging on the windows. Shepherd's casually walking over the gravel-covered roof of a building next to him, and uh, following the hose. It went down, down the side of a building and into a into a uh, into a like an alley. So I just take the hose and I just climb down the hose. I casually walk out and I join the crowd in front of the hotel watching the fire. And I says, what's going on here? Guy says, it's a fire. Well, see, I was not about to admit that I lived there because I was four weeks rent in arrears. You know? So the building burnt right down. And I just walked on down the street that night and I registered in the YMCA. Had a happy ending. I never did pay that four weeks in arrears. And I got rid of that awful, lousy, Sears Roebuck, bad sports shirt that I had. It been bothering me for months. But that's heat, summertime. And that night I walked around, I could see the flames of the hotel, I could see the fire, I could smell Lake Erie, and it was 107 degrees. I said to myself a couple of times, Shepard, you're alive, by God, this is great. You're really here. And heat and summer have always been sort of a kind of Freudian thing with me now. It always reminds me of that hot night in the Lorraine Hotel. Even the name has that certain Willie Loman quality to it, you know, the Lorraine Hotel. And by the way, their, their elegant dining room was called the Joan of Arc Coffee Shop. I mean, you know, Joan of Lorraine, you know, the whole thing, you know. Joan of Arc. It's kind of elegant. I like that, you know. That's <laughs> all part of life. And you get so that you, you're you hung on it. You just can't give it up. And, uh, I just, yeah, you know, one of the greatest moments I ever spent in my life, do you ever go, do you ever go on a fish out? Do you know right now, this right this minute, mid-July into middle of the August season, hot, the big channel cats are running in the Ohio River. Now, do you know what a channel cat is? Well, channel cat is a is a, is a is a catfish, but it's it's a it's a big, mean, tough fighting catfish. One of the great fishes of America, incidentally, and they'll grow to maybe sixty, seventy inches, seventy pounds. In fact, there have been catfish that have been on recording. I mean, I'm talking about channel cats that have been recorded that weighed over two hundred pounds. Fantastic fish. And one night I'm sitting, just sitting quietly in a, in a room on Vine Street in Cincinnati. A guy calls up and says, hey, you want to go to a fish out tonight? I had not known what a fish out was. And I said, you had a fish out? He said, I'll pick you up. He says, wear your rottenest, oldest clothes. And so I went out into the night with him in this Chevy pickup truck and drove along the river. Cincinnati. You could smell that that river and that heat, you could smell Kentucky. And we parked the pickup truck about one o'clock in the morning and walked down a gravel road on the side of the river, which was laying out there black as the ace of spades at night. And we walked through woods, and then I could hear some sounds up ahead. And as we got through the woods, there was a crowd of men, just men, gathered on the river bank great crowd of guys, all colors, black, green, old, young, just primitive man, 
had gathered to catch giant channel cats with throw lines. Trot lines they throw out across the river, and at the end of the trot line is a big gallon jug, empty gallon jug that floats out there. It's like a bobber. There's about 15 hooks hanging down into the water, deep down in the water, and at the end of each hook is this, is this big barbed hook, and on the barbed hook is a big piece of very ripe calf's liver. God, do those fish love it. About every half hour, they put on these giant channel cats, and they're throwing them into big pots. They're boiling these fish. Tremendous channel cats. They're cutting them up, whacking them up into big fillets, and just throwing them into big pots, big black pots. These guys are squatting in the darkness, eating channel cat. They don't know each other. They're just sitting there, all of them, hundreds of them gathered, eating channel cat. Temperature 110 degrees. And drinking Kentucky white lightning smoke. Have you ever had smoke? You know what smoke is? Smoke is what people know better as corn liquor. But there's a certain kind that's called smoke and has a smoky color to it. If you ever lived in Kentucky, you know what that 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 curious silver smoke quality is. And they're drinking it out of fruit jars and eating catfish and squatting down in their haunches two, three o'clock in the morning. So I fell in with this thing. And all night we pulled catfish out of the river. Guys, I didn't know. Drinking smoke. And then you'd lay down in the weeds and sleep a while and get up and eat some more catfish. Drink some more smoke. And all the while, this, the dawn is coming up over the river. It kept on all the next day. And half of the next night, me and Watson are out at this fantastic fish out. Two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning, eating channel cat, drinking smoke. And finally, the whole weekend is gone this way. We get back into the truck and drive into town, covered with stubble, smelling like like uh, wood ashes, fish guts, smoke, Kentucky corn whiskey, and swearing. Men get down in the river and use language that goes all the way back to Og, the caveman. They speak in guttural monosyllables. Nobody uses word longer than, grab the bottle and drink it. We go staggering at the Bob's house. He was a married type, see, I was going to school. And his, his wife just looked at us. Her face was, was white. She says, don't come in my kitchen like that. We were suddenly back in civilization. Yes, there's something deep in the marrow of the bones of males that the female will never understand. Never. No way. No way. I'm sorry, Gloria Steinem. I'm sorry. It's the way it is. That night cookout on the Ohio River, the roaring flames in the Lorraine Hotel, and the smell of the quiet fermentation of Lake Erie, and the heat that comes in over Hoboken on a quiet July night. The life force. Welcome to Everything Under the Midnight Sun, brought to you by Finnair, the Finnish national airline this year, celebrating 50 years of quality and efficiency, making Finnair the pride of Scandinavia. 
Norway, land of the Vikings. It conjures up images, doesn't it? A hardy breed of people who fought and conquered both the elements and Europe. The world's changed quite a bit since then, and so have the Norwegians. They're still a tough people. The Norwegian Resistance Army gained fame in World War II. The men are still tall and handsome, and the women blonde, blue-eyed, and beautiful. But nowadays, the only conquering they want to do is to win you over with their friendliness, their heartwarming welcome in their beautiful country. Take, for example, the Know the Norwegians program. One of the best parts of traveling abroad is getting to know the people of the country you're visiting. This program helps you do just that. Simply register at Oslo's Tourist Information Office, and they'll arrange to introduce you to Norwegians whose professional background or hobbies are similar to yours. Chances are, this will be a most rewarding experience for you. Oslo, the capital of Norway, is probably the first stop you'll make. You won't find the hustle and bustle of other European capitals here. It's more of a take-your-time-and-enjoy atmosphere. For example, stroll through the city park filled with literally hundreds of sculptures by Gustav Vigeland. Be sure to see the section depicting the cycle of life and the 60-foot-high monolith. There are free concerts given in the park during the summer. Next, take in the ship museums, where among the various displays you will find three Viking vessels, each over 1,000 years old. The Fram, which visited the North and South Poles at the turn of the century. The Kantiki, the raft which carried Thor Heyerdahl 5,000 miles across the Pacific Ocean almost 30 years ago. If you'd like to do some shopping, try the Norwegian Design Center, where manufacturers display their products, the Norwegian Association for Home Arts and Crafts to buy handicrafts, or go to Halden, just south of Oslo, for great buys in enamelware. The magnificent Norwegian fjords, and more after this word. Mr. Kari Salmi for Finnair, the international airline of Finland. Thank you. One thing we Finns are is realistic. When someone comes to Finland, why, well, it's almost always to Finland and someplace else. Uh, how's my time? You're okay. Good, good. So we worked out a tour with your travel agent where you see, well, of course, Finland, the rest of Scandinavia, even Holland. And if you want, you can get four-day cruise to Russia without having to get a visa. Uh, only from Finland can you do this. That's because... Time's up, Mr. Salmi. <laughs> but I didn't tell them the name of the tours. Mr. Salmi was talking about highlights of Scandinavia, the most successful Scandinavian tours on the market. Both the two- and three-week versions offer Finland along with Norway, Sweden, and Denmark as a virtual bonus. That's because most three-country economy tours cost about the same as highlights. And this year, the three-week tour has an optional visa-free cruise to Leningrad. For our highlights brochure, write Finnair, 10 East 40th Street, New York, or see your travel agent. One of the most magnificent sights in Norway is the fjords. The best way to see these cracks in the earth is by boats steaming up the western coast. Fjord tours are plentiful and can last from a few hours to several days. Against a background of snow-capped mountains, the fjords present a sight that you won't soon forget. The best time to see them is in May, when hundreds of apple and cherry trees are in full blossom, and in September and October, when the orchards at the foot of the mountains are full of fruit. From Oslo, take the railway to Bergen. It's a marvelous scenic route. Just look out the window and see fjords, mountains, even a glacier or two. Once in Bergen, a must is the cable car ride to the top of Mount Thayen, where you can dine at a restaurant serving, among other choice items, reindeer meat and a wide variety of seafood, a specialty in Norway. A popular attraction near Bergen is the home of Edvard Grieg, Norway's famous composer who lived isolated in the country for 22 years writing his music. After Bergen, 
Visit Stavanger and take a step back in time. Walk along the narrow winding streets and see buildings dating back up to 900 years. Watch goldsmiths and brass founders at their workbenches. At night, gaslight still illuminate the cobblestone streets. Norway is an enchanting country which will bring you the history and heritage of the Vikings along with the charm and friendliness of the Norwegians. Everything under the midnight sun has been brought to you by Finnair, the Finnish national airline this year celebrating 50 years of quality and efficiency, making Finnair the pride of Scandinavia. This is WOR New York and RKO General Station. Convict Brooklyn Congressman Brasco of bribery and conspiracy. Five sets of impeachment articles against President Nixon as Ziegler blast committee. Macarios at UN appeals for order on Cyprus, hears himself called nothing but a showman. Robert Stovall, VP of Rental Securities, tells you what inflation is doing to your stocks and why. It's 10 o'clock in New York, and this is John Wingate with the Wingate News Digest. You, your money, politics, impeachment, medicine, stocks. Come to be in there's fashion every day, and happening round your way, it's how you live, it's at B&B Lorry. It's a great day for a great summer fashion sale, and it's happening right now at all 15 B&B Lorry's fashion centers. Jeffrey Dean, Eagle, British Tax, Pierre Cardin, 3G, the who's who in men's fashion, join in making a spectacular fashion event out of a savings event. A sale where you'll find dramatic reductions on top quality men's suits, sport coats, slacks, ensembles, and Bostonian shoes. In every department, the best fashion and the best values. And charging is as easy as saving money. Now, during B&B Lorry's great summer fashion sale at all 15 B&B Lorries in Greater New York, never has so great a fashion and savings event been so convenient. Come to B&B Lorry's. Come to B&B Lorry's. Also available at Tress Green Acres, Zimmerman's Rutherford, New Jersey, Scott Barry, Mount Kisco. 78 degrees and becoming less humid in mid-Manhattan. Mr. Business President, need a top flight executive for that key position in your company? Call 40.